Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guest is possibly the nicest human being in Champaign-Urbana and Savoy. She's running for county board. Jen Straub, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited. I've been fangirling about all of your podcasts since you started, and it's really exciting that I'm on here. Mutual admiration. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and where did you go to college? So I grew up in a really small town in rural Wisconsin called Kewaskum, a very small population, under 3,000 people. Went to college for my undergrad at UW-River Falls, studied English education there, got a job in Milwaukee Public Schools and taught there for seven years. Uh, While I was teaching there, I got a master's degree in school counseling, commuting to UW-Whitewater after the classes I taught every day. Then Life kind of took me into a situation where I was taking care of my daughter full-time, and then we had a son, and somehow along the way we ended up in Champaign-Urbana and fell in love, and we've been here for six years today. Happy anniversary. Now, I've known you only a couple of years now, and all of our conversations, I hadn't known you to want to be in public office. What made you decide to be an elected official? Yeah, that's a really good question. I have been kind of on the sidelines doing a lot of work with Moms Demand Action, working for getting gun sense candidates elected into office. I've worked a lot with local Democrats trying to get the candidates that I believe in into office. I've done work in the primaries. I've made phone calls. I've knocked hundreds of doors. I've written thousands of postcards. And I work in a local government office, the Cunningham Township Supervisor's Office. This position opened up when Pranjal Vachaspati left town for a great career opportunity, and I was asked by several people that I respect very much to consider running. We looked for other alternatives that were available and willing to do it in our district. Time was of the essence, and I thought about it, and I spoke to my family about it, and I considered what was at stake and decided that I could definitely run. The short answer is that you would govern the state streets, but what's the bigger answer? It's a bigger district than that. It's actually a much bigger district than that, and it's kind of quirky in its boundaries. It goes all the way north to university, all the way south to church, east as far as mine, and west as far as prospect. Those aren't straight lines either. They they wiggle. When Pranjal Vachaspati vacated uh, his seat, the precinct committee people of County Board District 9, a majority recommended you to fill the seat, but that didn't happen. So can you just walk us through the logistics of what did happen? My primary opponent and I both applied for the open seat until the election on November 3rd. I took it very seriously. I was sent a questionnaire. I took the time to really fill it out and do my homework and watched several county board meetings in preparation for that and did a lot of reading. Waited a couple weeks and heard that I was expected to be at a meeting of the precinct committee people three days later. My husband was out of town. I got childcare. I was very excited. Dressed for a job interview, showed up prepared and ready to go. Answered all of the questions to the best of my ability. The majority of precinct committee people who were voting voted for me. That's three out of four, am I correct? Three out of four. I don't remember the exact weight of each of their votes. It depends on how many people pulled primary ballots in the last election. And I was not appointed. Maybe I just need you to help clear this up. The board chairman is also a Democrat. And at a time when we need to be very unified as a Democratic Party, does this happen often? I was prepared 
that this might happen because there was a precedent set with Mary King's seat or the seat vacated by Tanisha King Taylor that Mary King was elected to by the precinct committee people. However, we know how that went. And when I met with Geraldo Rosales after my meeting with precinct committee people, he ended our meeting saying, I just wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt. I was actually quite prepared to not be appointed at that point, having had a uh, precedent set with Mary King's case. The, the day that the appointment actually was made, I had to miss my first county board meeting since having decided to run for county board because my whole family, myself included, had a terrible case of influenza. However, it was texted to me immediately that I did not receive the appointment. I wasn't particularly surprised about that, but I was disappointed because I think that as a Democratic Party, it's very important that we work toward a shared vision. And sharing that vision doesn't mean that we always agree on everything, but it does mean that we take the work that precinct committee people do very seriously and respect that. It's a good incentive if for those of us who have thought about being precinct committee people for our opinions to be validated. Absolutely. Precinct committee people are the hardest working people in our local party, and it's important to validate that work. Flash forward to when everyone meets at the library and there is a forum and you don't get to talk because your opponent doesn't come. I'm just having you break things down for me why you didn't get to debate that oh. night. So the League of Women Voters and the NAACP and the News Gazette held a forum for the Illinois 13th Congressional District and several county board races. My opponent had chosen not to participate in the forum, and so I also was unable to participate in the forum. So you have to only do it if your primary challenger is willing to do it as well? Right. I, I asked about that. Several people in the community pushed back on that a little bit and, and got nowhere. Apparently that is not only a local policy, but also a state policy. You just mentioned that you have been going to every county board meeting except when you had influenza A. You released a statement that said, quote, because I have been at every county board meeting, committee of the whole, and Democratic caucus since announcing my intention to run, I have a lot of ideas. Could you share some of those with us? Let's start with the county jail. Yeah, so this is an issue that's really important to me. I work with individuals who are experiencing extreme poverty, some who are facing eviction, others who are homeless. And one of the things that I see in my work is people coming in who have been in jail because they couldn't make cash bail, who have lost their job and now are behind on their rent. And I don't know what that brings to our community as far as making us more safe to have people destabilized while they await trial. What I want to see is pretrial services. I want to see initiatives like One Door, which provides mental health stabilization as an alternative to incarceration, other programs that could help make our community better rather than more beds in a jail. What other issues about the county board that you have witnessed that have really gotten you thinking that you would like to tackle when you get in there? I work with people who are either homeless or in danger of becoming homeless all the time, and we have a housing crisis in our community, and that's something that we need to tackle at every level of local government. 
So I went on the Cunningham Township website, and, and it's an agency, according to its website, that helps low-income residents, but it's so much more than that. It's people that are desperate to pay for food, medicine, or rent. Those are their major life choices. Tell me about the work that you personally do. Personally, I am often the person that folks see when they come in the door. And a lot of times they're coming in the door on their worst day. And so, you know, the first thing I do is greet them and welcome them to our office. Oftentimes we have donated snacks that we're able to provide or donated bottles of water that we're able to give people. Oftentimes that's the first food that they've had all day. And it's just a way for us to make sure people know that we want to do the work we do. We're not an agency that's trying to get people to go through unnecessary hoops. We're not trying to screen people out. We're trying to screen people into our programs. So it's work that I really enjoy. I help people apply for the different programs and understand the differences between the programs we have. Additionally, if people don't fit into our two major programs, I try to find other resources within the community that can help them. And we do have a lot of those resources. And we also have a lot of holes where folks kind of fit through those cracks. And as a community, we could work harder at at creating a more comprehensive safety net. As you knock on doors and you're canvassing, what are some of the issues that the residents are concerned about right now? First of all, a lot of folks don't even know much about county board. And that's something that if I'm elected, I'd really like to change. I have a background as a teacher and I have kind of this innate need to explain to people what's going on. (laughs) So that's something that I'm excited about. I think that it's important for people not only to be aware of the big issues like the nursing home and the jail, but also just the day-to-day things that affect people's lives. And so that is an important part for me. And one of the first things I ask is after explaining who I am and why I'm at their door and thanking them for taking the time out of their Sunday is, you know, do you know what county board is? Do you want any more information about that? Or do you have any questions for me? People want to know a little bit about me and why I'm running. And I usually tell them I work with people who are experiencing extreme poverty in our community. And I think that we can do better. Folks see that I have been involved with Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America. And they get excited about that. And those are kind of the big things that we talk about. Because I think that lifting people out of poverty does prevent gun violence. I met you through your work with Moms Demand Action. What got you interested in that group? Yeah, I came by it real naturally, actually. Um, I grew up in a hunting and fishing family. I actually shot my first deer opening morning when I was 12 years old. So that was a very big part of my life. My dad loved hunting and fishing. He had also suffered an unintentional gunshot wound from an improperly stored gun long before he married my mom and had his children and suffered the consequences of that with chronic medical issues his whole life. So I grew up having a dad who was in and out of the hospital with different issues relating to that accident for my whole life. You know, fast forward, I taught in Milwaukee Public Schools where most of my students had been affected in some way by gun violence. And then I had my own children. And what we want from our kids is we want them to be happy, we want them to be healthy, we want them to be kind, and we want them to be safe. Those are the big things. And what can I do about that? I can make sure that the people who have guns have limitations to their gun ownership that are responsible and reasonable. Would you say it is as simple as I think it is that we need to elect people in positions of power who can make legislation that view it the same way we do? No, I don't think it's that simple. I think that we do need lawmakers who aren't beholden to the NRA. I think we need lawmakers 
who are interested in keeping people safe more than they're interested in their own pocketbook or their A rating by the NRA. But I also think that when we talk about gun violence, we're also talking about issues of poverty. And I think that when we're talking about gun violence, we're talking about issues of access and we're talking about a lot of different issues. And so we need to be cognizant that it's not the multifaceted issue and, and we need to be sure that we're not just talking about the school uh, shootings that affect affluent communities. We're also talking about the hundred people every day who are dying all over the country. You recently welcomed a foster child to your home, and I've stood next to you when people ask questions. People don't know what to ask. How long do you have them, and where do you where did you get them? These are not appropriate questions to ask. What can we ask? How are you doing? How are your kids doing? How's it going? Do you need anything? How about a casserole? <laughs> so just genuine neighborly assistance. Right. You know, we were really lucky. This is our first foster placement. And the first week that we had our first foster child who is still in our home, we had dinner made for us every night by a different friend and have had just a great outpouring of support for our family. And, you know, this is a great community for that. We're already plugged in to so many resources in town. So it's just been a really great experience for us. We have found it to be a really neat way for our kids to kind of be of service to their community. As a parent, we're always kind of worried about how we're doing. My big things for my kids are never like you have to be the biggest achiever in the world. It's like, I want you to go out and try hard and be kind. If you can do those two things, you're winning. Watching my big kids and their kindness and generosity to our new foster child has been really gratifying. With three children, cats, dogs, and a husband, and a demanding job. Just kidding. You thought I was going to ask you, how do you do it all? Have you ever noticed that nobody ever asked men that? Nobody ever asks men that. Yeah, that's not a thing that my husband's ever been asked. You've spent years knocking on doors and canvassing for other people. Mm -hmm. This time it's for yourself. How does that make it feel different? Yeah, we are not socialized as women to talk about ourselves and kind of to toot our own horns. And it's an uncomfortable place for me. In the same way, you know, we're not taught to ask for help. We're taught to be the helpers. This has been a real learning experience for me and what one of my favorite people in the world would call a growing edge. And I'm, you know, I'm learning, but I do think that I will bring a lot to the county board. So I kind of psych myself up in my car right before I go out, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it for two hours or three hours. Or, you know, if I'm dropping off a kid at music class, we're going to do it for 45 minutes, but we're going to do it. And that that's how we're getting things done. Okay. Flash forward and you're on the county board. You've been elected. Mm-hmm. Your husband has the kids for an afternoon and you have four hours to yourself. So you don't have to canvas. You don't have anyone to take care of. Tell me what you like to do for fun. Is my homework done? <laughs> Your homework is totally done and dinner is already in the oven. Okay, wow. That's a beautiful situation. I would probably be walking my dogs or reading a book or having a glass of wine with some friends. I have to ask, you never seem to get mad. You're just so calm and you never freak out. What actually does trigger you? Clearly, we need to spend some more time together. I think that my family would have a very different opinion on that. I do get angry and things uh, that trigger me. I don't like to be late. That's a real tough one for me. If other people are late, are you tapping your toe? in the same way, but I have a lot of anxiety about being late myself. I really like to be prepared. So that, that's also tough. One thing that, that is triggering for me at this point in my life is people making assumptions about folks who are experiencing poverty. That's that's a big one for me. The whole bootstraps mentality, because the people that I currently serve 
are some of the hardest working, most just tough, tough and hardworking and gracious people. And so the idea that they should be doing something different or better or that their circumstances are always within their control or always their fault is that's, it's tough for me to hear and tough for me to swallow. And when you start going to county board meetings, what exactly is the county board schedule? Like what is your life as a county board member? So there are two big meetings every month. There's the committee of the whole, and then there's the county board meeting. And then before each of those is the Democratic caucus, which I, for the record, fully intend to attend and participate in every time. And then uh, there's also committee meetings, depending on what kind of committee I am assigned to. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Jen Straub, you are amazing. Thank you for your time today. Oh, I so enjoy spending time with you. 